This podcast is presented by Miscreant Records. You can find us on Twitter at Miscreant Pods, and you can also email us at miscreantrecordspod at gmail.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Miscreants on the Moon podcast. With you, as always, it's me, Jacob, and with me for the third time tonight. Hayden. <laughs> um, this is our third time having a crack at this recording. We've had some technical difficulties. <laughs> Sorry if I sounded a bit annoyed. Uh, so, blah, blah, blah. There's no news this week. There's trailers we haven't watched. Uh, we're talking about Andor. Oh, thanks for giving us our most listened to episode. Maybe we'll bring some holiday guests back, but they're not here this week. Um, uh, we're talking about Andor. Uh, spoilers the whole time because it's a long thing. We got a lot to say. Not like the movies and stuff where we do non-spoiler sections. So if you haven't seen it and you care about spoilers, don't listen. Watch it. Come back and listen later. I'm trying to beat it. I'm trying to, I'm yeah, just trying I'm just... to, trying to speed run this episode so that we don't have any more <laughs> issues. Um, and yeah, so if you've seen it and, or if you don't care about spoilers, uh, I said and or, wow, topical. Um, <laughs> if you don't care about spoilers, uh, stick around and listen. Hayden, how did you feel about this show? Yeah, I thought it was great, man. Like I told you in the last recording, you know, I had talked to you about it briefly on like Friday or something where I was like, yeah, this is the best thing they've put out in a long time. It's the best thing they've put out since The Last Jedi. It, yeah, we're not afraid amazing. to say it. it like it, It's visually... <laughs> the Last Jedi was good. <laughs> it was. Come for us. It was. If you think it was bad, get out of our... No, you know what? Keep listening to the podcast no, just no, to make you mad. No, there's like forty per- there's like forty percent of people that hated that movie, so let's just you can keep listening. Just know that we disagree with you. <laughs> yeah, we can we can live together in, in peace and have different We hate opinions. Ricky the Rat too, just for different reasons. He's a he's a rat. We all he's have the same guy. enemy here. We hate rats. He is. <laughs> okay, anyway. It's it's visually captivating. The story was great. Uh the characters were great, actors, actresses great. I loved it. <laughs> Yeah, um, very good. Uh, I guess this is our non-spoiler review. Briefly, if you're still here, if you are like driving your car and fumbling around, you drop your phone in the passenger seat floorboard. Uh, I guess you get a bit of a non-spoiler review. Great show. It looks great. Once again, uh, the dichotomy between like Marvel and DC and Marvel and DC, Marvel and Star Wars on Disney Plus. The the Differences in quality are major. Um, it's it's kind of shocking at this point that it still continues to be this way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, visually it looks amazing. The story was fresh. It's something that we really haven't seen in Star Wars, I don't think. Um, it was very, not very inventive because like it's, it's a lot of elements from other things. But seeing them with that Star Wars skin on them really, uh, really made it enjoyable and the performances in this were really good uh i like them a lot so now we get into some more specific things that we liked we don't have to go through episode by episode because really i i um i didn't rewatch the first like five so it's okay okay well i i also binged it so it's like it all kind of blurs together for me um i guess we can kind of break it up into four sections i guess and we can kind of talk about those because there are kind of four distinct sections i think there is the the first three episodes which we talked about at length in our andor initial reactions a couple months ago probably won't talk too much about that so there's before he goes on the mission there's the actual mission that he goes on itself Mm -hmm. there is the um like the 
Andor's time in prison and whatnot. And then finally, there is essentially the finale, which is kind of the the culmination of everything else. So uh, those first three episodes, not much changes. Um, in even with the added hindsight, uh, we do see that some stuff moving forward kind of uh kind of takes place because of those in the third episode there was the big um with uh what's his name andor and what's the what's stellan skarsgård's name in this oh no uh we should just pull up the cast list we should just go ahead and have it ready because there's a lot of names that i that i don't remember off the top of my head that i'm gonna need to uh um luthan he was luthan luthan okay so uh, let me just go ahead and get it pulled up because I know I'm going to want it later. <laughs> I don't care that my ad blocker's been updated. All right, so yeah, so still, uh, Luthen and uh, Cassian Andor they bust out of the city. They they kill all of the um the like the private security force that the Empire is using. Mm. Um, headed up by, uh, Cyril, um, big nerd, big nerd guy. Yeah. Um, and it, it's, uh, it, it becomes a big deal. They, it really causes the Empire in later episodes to put their thumb down on that system on, I think it's called Ferrix. Mm -hmm. Um, it... It's where we start to see that that combined with the mission that Andor's about to go on leads into kind of that that next stage of the Empire, which is closer to the Empire that we see in A New Hope. You know, uh, in A New Hope, they have just decided to dissolve the Senate. They don't have a Senate anymore, mm-hmm. and there's all kinds of overreach, and it, the, the Empire has its thumb, th- thumb down on almost every community in the galaxy. Uh, not just the the major ones that are causing problems or that are close to their important systems. So that gets started in this system. Um, that by from on the Empire's point of from that point of view, they see it as like a, a fumbled bag on the part of the private security force. Mm. <laughs> so they're just like, all right, this is dissolved now. No yeah, more of like, that. We're doing everything up. personally. Yeah, yeah. We're doing everything personally from now on. So uh, that is one major thing. And then the other major thing is like Cassian kind of getting involved with Luthen and uh, the Rebels. So mm-hmm. we'll see more of that later. And then next up is the the period of time around the mission. Um, I thought this was really, really fun. Like these couple of episodes here yeah. might have been my favorite in the series. I think mine were like probably this, the last few episodes, if I'll be honest. The last episode is is great. We'll talk more about that later. But when it comes to like him going on this mission to Aldani, um, where they are planning to rob the Imperial payroll, mm-hmm. uh, this and the pr- and the episodes in the prison are both like very good arcs in in a TV show. And I really think the mission, though, kind of takes the cake for me just because it's very um, like a ragtag group of 
a group of misfits or whatever coming together to try to do this mission and at the last second the plans change it's very much like a heist movie um it's essentially a heist so uh what happens luthan takes cassian to uh vel she's kind of leading um leading this mission yeah Uh, she's been involved later on we find out that she is mon mothma's cousin or sister cousin i think I think it's cousin. Um, so she has kind of. It looks like they're both involved. So one thing that this episode also starts, we see Mon Mothma for the first time here. I think, or it might be it in episode same? five. It's I, definitely in this string of episodes. In, I thought we talked. No, about we it don't see. On. No, we don't see her in those first three episodes. I don't think. I don't remember. <laughs> Isn't the first time we see her when she goes and visits Luthen in the store? I don't, I don't know. Okay. Well, I I think that's the first time. So we see we see this dichotomy between two people that are very different, but they're both fighting for the same cause. They're relatives. One of them, uh, Vel, is more hands-on involved and she is like actively going and doing these missions whereas uh mon mothma is kind of working behind the scenes she's still a part of the senate she is funding the rebellion with her personal funds and we learn pretty early on in these episodes that uh she essentially made a mistake when she was balancing her books there's some money missing Mm -hmm. And it could lead back to this rebellion, so they're looking for a way to to kind of cover that up. Yeah, uh, she's getting people involved to do that. So she's doing more of like the political intrigue, pulling the strings in the background type of stuff, maybe funding some of these missions. Whereas Vel, her cousin, is doing the actual boots on the ground work. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of an interesting dynamic. Once we find out that they're siblings later on yeah are they siblings but cousins i think they're cousins i you know they're relatives somehow yeah um but yeah the the this string of episodes where they're planning the heist and training and everything i really liked how how did you feel about how they handled this i I like essentially cassian's first first mission yeah I i love the interactions between like the characters and how it was just a bunch of different types of people trying to accomplish like the the same goal like you were said like especially for the mission because like you've, you've got like a hot-headed guy i forget the guy's name but he was on the bear <clears throat> uh he played arvel. i haven't seen the bear but <clears throat> let's see Ar- arvel arvel i don't know how to say yeah it. i he's know he's been in they're... a lot of other stuff too arvel okay yeah you have arvel Sinta, karis and Lieutenant Gorn is kind of the the inside guy. Yeah. Um, on the rebel base, not the rebel base, on the um. The. God, what imperial base? It, like yeah, where they keep the money or where they transport it. And then yeah, we had Terraman is the ex stormtrooper who is helping out with the mission. So they're they're all very. You have like, um, Karis who is very much a. Um, and I like an idealist. I guess he he is, uh, writing a manifesto. He his heart is really in the cause, mm-hmm. and um, 
yeah it, it it's he he's really he really believes in what he's doing and he he's really all in on the on the revolution as he sees it arvel uh it seems like he's fighting for revenge we eventually find out that that might not be true but you know <laughs> he's there he's kind of the the hot-headed one um like i said terramin is the ex-stormtrooper lieutenant gorn fell in love with a local woman and his wife was killed so he kind of defected he's that man on the inside Mm -hmm. uh you have vel who is the the new leader who is not like you know she's not very sure of a lot of her decisions but she wants to maintain that front Mm -hmm. um and cinta i think cinta and vel are in a relationship and they do that thing where this is, the, you know, I will say that this is uh, one of the few times that I think Disney has really been subtle with a um, homosexual relationship without, like, in other movies, they've made it to where they could just cut it out easily. And you can tell that in the movie. Mm-hmm. With this, it seems subtle. Like, they never really call it out. Yeah. But it's still... Um, it's still obvious enough and it feels like it's integrated in the story enough where you can't just just take it out yeah. like you can i know that there was like a big deal about it when it happened in the beauty and the beast live action remake but it's just like a three second scene of uh two dudes dancing where you can just take it out and stuff like that i don't even remember um, that <laughs> from that movie that was the first time they, they they made it to where they could easily take it out i think that um a lot of times Especially for I know that, like the Chinese market does is a big market for Disney, but they won't take the stuff that has that in there. So they did a good job with this with handling that. I think. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I think that's everybody from that team. So yeah, yeah, no, it, they, it, I definitely liked the like the group they had there. Mm-hmm. I did too, and I liked. I like how the mission played out. Like, a lot of things went wrong. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. They, it's, you, uh, you don't just see them do it, no problem. You know, I, it's, I thought it was really good. And it... Seeing the, the way that the Empire is running currently, <laughs> it's like Cassian said at the at the start, they kind of do turn their nose up at everything it's kind of easy to see how even with a mission like this where so much can go wrong for the rebels that they still pull through because it's like the empire just doesn't want to believe that anybody could step to them you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it's it's very much it it shows that not only does it show i guess cassian's kind of first taste of this truly organized rebellion that he's eventually we know in rogue one that he is a major part of them for for a while and i guess uh we'll see that in the coming um coming episodes and whatnot but mm-hmm. um it also does a good job of really showing how the empire works like once we find out that lieutenant gorn is with them mm-hmm. um it just seems like they that like Watching that scene, whenever the head of the uh, Aldani base finds out that Lieutenant Gorn is involved, I think that then it feels like it clicks for him. Like, okay, the only way that this makes sense is that there was an inside man that was upset. Yeah. It, it just like, the, the he just seems so shocked the rest of the time. It really shows that they 
don't believe that anybody could rise up against them. Anybody could do anything against them because they really think that they have all the cards. They're all powerful. Mm-hmm. We see that a little bit with the um, with the uh, what's it called? The ISB, P- pretty much like the the yeah. intelligence service of the Empire. Um, there is one person who believes that an organized rebellion could happen it seems like everyone else is just kind of like oh no never happened um what is the name of the is it dedra dedra miro yeah are you talking about that chick yeah, from she, the ISB? yeah she she is the one who who thinks that um this organized rebellion could be happening but it really seems like she's kind of fighting a losing battle almost at the start, things might have changed towards the end, but it seems like she's trying to convince people that these things are connected and organized. And just no, everybody thinks that everything is just like a single one-off incident. Nobody could ever really amass, um, amass people. Like they know that there's these small, uh, splintered groups, like the one led by Saw Guerrera, the one led by uh, I forget the guy's name. They keep bringing up that we never see that eventually gets like pretty much sacrificed later on in the series but um i don't remember they assume that these are all separate and easily crushable if they if they work at it but in reality um deidre knows that eventually this could all come together and that it might already have they might be kind of too late to to stop that from happening they just need to crush it now but um like i said maybe that'll change there is still another season of the show but it does feel like throughout this whole series, the Empire is very, oh, nobody could ever rise up against us. There could never be an organized rebellion against us or whatever. We've we've like kept everybody too, too far under our thumb. And towards the end of this, we don't see them waking up to it, but there is the potential that they, that they could yeah. wake up to it. So I, I think so too. I like that aspect. Yeah. But eventually, like I said, it was, we're not going to go into too much detail about it uh, because it's just a typical, a typical heist with the Star Wars skin on it. It's kind of similar to what they did in Solo, but I think better executed because we got more time to, to sit with the, the crew and really the issue with Solo was that there was... When they pulled off that heist, they didn't focus on the characters as much mm-hmm. because they expected you to come in with prior knowledge about the characters, the main ones at least, like Chewbacca, um, Lando, and Han. So they didn't really spend as much time with them. Whereas this, we spent like two or three episodes leading up to the heist actually with them learning about them and you know, most of these people, other than Andor, which at this point they're te- they're telling us about a completely different version of Andor than the one that we end up seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, we we don't know any of these characters, so that was that was done really well. Yeah, I think um, so too. But yeah, yeah no, the mission. Probably, what is is the for the the episodes we're talking about? Is the end of the mission included in these episodes? I honestly can't remember, like the. Or we just oh yeah, I'm just talking. Yeah, I'm, I'm just talking about the storyline pretty much. Okay. So like, leading up to the end of the mission, and then whenever, yeah, 
Yeah, the, like the end of thing. Essentially, whenever um, Andor runs off on his own. Yeah. One thing I will say about the mission is that about half the team dies. Yep. Uh, let's That's see, Lieutenant Gorn. Yeah. So they end up. They get most of the money. I don't think they get all of it, but they didn't have time. They end up with most of it. Yeah. So Lieutenant Gorn. Uh, so they're getting the money. Everything's going smoothly. Eventually. Uh, someone in a radio tower picks up on some stuff, so Imperial Guards kind of crash the party a little bit early. Um, but yeah, Lieutenant Gorn, uh, Terramin end up dying while they're loading things up. And Karis, uh, while they're on their way out, gets crushed by some of the money. Yeah. And um, they take him to a doctor that can't save him. So uh, the the scene of them getting out of this, like... I know it's not a meteor shower. I forget exactly what they called it, but it's it's a really it was oh my cool gosh I scene. forgot about that. I that loved the way it, so I loved the way cool. it looked. Yes. Yeah. So there was like um the little uh, I think they're little like fle- they they pass through an asteroid belt. So there's little flecks of asteroids coming into the atmosphere, streaking across the sky, mm-hmm. and there's this thing called the eye. So essentially, the eye is this hole in the sky that closes up as they i guess they go farther into the belt so eventually that will close and that's kind of their window closing to get out mm-hmm. before um before uh it's essentially unflyable out of the atmosphere which is part of their plan because they don't want to be followed so mm-hmm. um there was a good a good scene where Karis is essentially he's been paralyzed they but he was their their navigator out of there so um quickly they get him up and like in his final moments um i guess he's technically alive with the doctor but like his final moments of consciousness while he's alive he is navigating like he really is dying for this cause before it even gets started um and just that scene like watching them fly up above the atmosphere getting away from the tie fighters it just looked amazing it's um one of the best visuals that we've had in Star Wars in a while. I can't think of something that's really been as... Especially given that it's in an action sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like fighting, but it's like a like a car chase almost. Like with, you know, the, the spaceship that they're in. So um, that looked great. Um, really, really interesting visually. Is there anything else from these that you wanted to talk about? I don't think so. I mean, like that—that that was the main story for that. Like those episodes, like they, we would see, like Mon Mothma doing stuff in the background, or or Luthen, or uh, oh, what was the chick's name? It starts with a D, doesn't it? Uh, Deidre. Deidre, yeah. Deidre and and Cyril just doing their stuff. But it, it was yeah, kind Cyril. of just like investigation stuff, looking at <laughs> stuff. It is it is funny that Cyril got fired and he's just like having Said, to get nah. his uncle to call him in a favor for him to work a like a shitty desk job. Yeah. It was nice watching that big old nerd get put in this place for a little bit. I agree. Like <laughs> every time I saw him at home, I was like, I don't want to watch this scene. I was like, I don't care for this scene. Every interaction I didn't think with it his was... mom, I was just like, this is annoying, man. I hate this. <laughs> I didn't think it was funny that, like, every time we see him, he's eating cereal with the blue milk. Yeah. 
It was, it was I, I did like that, like that touch. Yep. Um, <laughs> he, yeah, he, but he's, he's trying to, this is kind of the start of him trying to get the information together to clear his name. That really doesn't come to fruition until later, but we'll talk about that more in a bit. Uh, he's trying to track down Cassian. And uh, so is the Empire. No, wait, we're not there yet. Hang on. Uh, that's that's a little bit later on. Um, anything else? Luthen is on Coruscant as well. He is... So he also is kind of similar to Mon Mothma working in the background. He gets a little bit more involved, whereas like he actually disguises himself and goes and does other things. It's um, amazing in how the much field. like a wig can just make you look different. Oh, it's Honestly. not it's it's not just the wig. The wig is very minimal. He completely changes his facial expressions, his mannerisms, the oh. way he talks. <laughs> it's um that's so the initial scene uh, I think it happens in episode four or five when he gets back to Coruscant and he puts the wig on. I was kind of thinking a similar thing. He like puts the wig on and then he changes his cloak and puts some rings on. He doesn't look different, but then you see him practicing his like, he practices his facial features for a minute. He doesn't look as like stern and cold. He like loosens up his facial features. He kind of like has this little grin on his face and Instead of moving very stiff and stuff, he he opens up his movements and kind of flows with everything. Mm-hmm. He moves his arms a lot when he talks, and he, he, the inflection in his voice changes a lot. Yeah. That was I, I'm glad you brought that up because that's something <laughs> that I found really interesting. That's so just far how, back in like the episodes that I just hardly remember it. <laughs> well, the whole time, like you can see, <coughs> even sometimes when he's in his shop, he flips back and forth between. Yeah, like when he's talking with just like his assistant. And like, or to like a guest that's there or something. Yeah. So he like him flipping back and forth. The wig almost doesn't even matter because you can you can tell by the way that his face is set, like the way he's moving and stuff, kind of who he is in that moment. Yeah. But he is he is running everything out of a essentially like a a collector's shop for um old artifacts and stuff like that mm-hmm. kind of like a like like an art gallery almost like a like a muse there's probably a real world term for this uh it's like a museum that sells stuff i i think it's like a he called himself a collector but I, there's there's a word for it i just can't think of it yeah um, um i couldn't tell you yeah but he but selling scars in this his acting might have stolen the show for me to be honest it was great but i i think i man it's hard to go against who i think was the best at like act, like acting wise in this who do you think was the best oh, I, I, we haven't got there yet you know who it is is it uh andy circus it is man god pete he is great i just the fact that Stellan Skarsgård is essentially playing... He, he's in it every episode and you're seeing it happen more, which is much more difficult than like the last three, four episodes we, we saw. With- it's not even that for me. It's just the fact that he's kind of playing two different characters almost. Mm-hmm. Which, so is his... The character he's playing, Luthen, is essentially being two different people. Just the way he, the way he does it, the way he flips them. 
yeah. flips back and forth between them. Like I said, the wig helps a little bit. It makes him less, like, not as easy to pick out in a crowd. But um, oh, just his acting, the way he delivers that performance is great. Yeah. So how this ends is they take Karis to the doctor. And uh, Arvel and Cassian are sitting outside waiting on him. And Arvel is like, hey, I don't have a brother. Let's split the money and go. Yeah. Because I know that you're only here for the money. Mm-hmm. Andor just kills this guy. Yeah. Like, I at first, I thought that he was going to kill him and then join up with the rebellion and be like, hey, he was defecting. But instead, he goes in there and he, like, holds the gun up to them. They just find out that Karis is dead. Um... And he's like, look, I'm taking my cut of the money and I'm leaving. That kind of shocked me. I, w- I was surprised by that. Yeah, that dirty little little boy. He's just bailing on his friends. <laughs> or not even his friends. I guess well, just his, uh, his partner. Well, it, it was just strange to me. Like, did he think that they wouldn't understand why he killed Arvel? It seemed like they believed him. I, I, don't, I don't know. It, it was weird know. to me, but... I guess in the moment, like, you know, he Just was only in it for the money. Yeah. yeah. So he ends up leaving, and, um, uh, Vel, I mean, she has the money, but she's essentially lost everyone on her team. I guess she doesn't know, uh, she doesn't really know yet if, uh, Senta is alive or dead. We find out later that she is alive. Um, but, you know, Vel doesn't know that for sure. Yeah. But, uh, so she goes back to Coruscant to talk to Luthen. We see that a bit later on. But for now, uh, Cassian goes to talk to his mother, Marva. And he has the money, so he goes back. He visits Bix, which we haven't talked about her much today. Um, but we talked about her a lot in the first two episodes. She is that, uh, the person who Cassian has had, like, that history with, who kind of helps him sell the goods, she gets him in touch with Luthen at first, and it was her boyfriend that ratted Cassian out and really got all this started. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, he goes and visits her and pays her off, and she's like, "Look, they're offering a lot of money. The Imperials have kind of taken this place over. You need to leave. Someone will turn you in." Yeah. He goes and tries to pick up his mother and. The droid, I forget the droid's name. It seems really happy to go with them. I really hope this droid and Cassian like get together and just hang out at some point because this droid really wants to be with Cassian and Cassian just keeps leaving it behind and it makes yeah. me sad. <laughs> just gets, yeah, you just see like the, the sad noises and just the shaking whenever droids get sad, that happens. It, get, it upsets R2. me. Yeah. This one in particular like really got to me. I don't know why. <laughs> Um, it was his, like, but, his childhood robot, I suppose. Yeah. Was it R2? Or no? R2 wasn't... I know he built Pad- Superbio. I don't remember R2. Padme, R2. Yeah. Pad- so Padme gave R2 to Anakin as a wedding present, and he gave her C-3PO. Yep. So, that's how they get swapped like that. <laughs> um, But they're both, you know... And their late teens, early twenties when that happens. Yeah. But uh anyway. 
his mother is like, hey, I will pack up and leave in the morning. The next morning, uh, he goes and tries to pick her up. And she's like, look, I'm not leaving. This rebellion that it got, that has gotten started because of what happened on Aldani has reinvigorated me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I can't leave. I'm going to be a part of the rebellion or whatever. Why doesn't he just tell her that he was there and like tell her what actually happened? <laughs> because I don't know. Because like he's already risking everything by being there. I don't know why he doesn't just be like, "Look, uh, I was there" or whatever. Like he just kind of lets her believe that he doesn't care. Which in the moment he doesn't, but he was a part of that big thing that she's thinking of. Yeah, I don't know why he doesn't bring it up to her. It's a good question. <laughs> Maybe he's just he's just being impulsive right now, I think. I mean, we're going to see him mature over time. and we, I mean, we probably already have seen it a little bit, so. Yeah, I would say a little bit. I would say we don't really see him mature that much until after everything in the final episode. Yeah. Yeah. That's when we really see a jump, but we'll get to that later. Um, is there anything else in this kind of arc that you wanted to bring up? No. I don't think so. I mean, at some okay. point, like, Cyril just keeps investigating, and he's, like, following the chick around. Is it is that at this point? Yet? That, that No, that happens in the next. Okay. You're talking about he, he, like, corners Deidre in the streets and gets interviewed and everything? Yeah. That happens when Cassian's already in prison, so we'll talk about that in a bit. Speaking of that, I know that this is the part that you enjoyed the most. Do you want to kind of take us through that so I can... Uh, so I don't remember the initial thing, but like they, he was trying to travel somewhere, and he he was <laughs> telling police. Oh, he, he was, was just, just a tourist. Well, he was just chilling on a planet. What ha- <laughs> This is funny. What happened was he sees other people running, so his instinct is to run. If he had just sat there, he would have been fine. Yeah, that's funny to me. So, <laughs> but there w- there was a speech about like anti-imperial activity somewhere, and that's what they were chasing the people down for. And yeah, he um he gets caught up in all that. And he says, "I'm a tourist. I'm a tourist." And then he gets sent away to prison for like his sentence was like seven or eight years or something. I don't. Remember. Yeah, something like that. Um, so and in this prison, it's a very weird layout. It's got multiple floors where like hallways that can see each other, kind of like a. Camino hall like hallways on Camino buildings the architecture was pretty similar I think yeah and like it was uh it's a prison that's in over is it over water or underwater over it's over water um yeah it's it's over water so the prison is over water um it's it's so I okay I think it's over and under I think it's like built onto the side of a dam that's right Yes. Because when they turn the power off later, it looks like there's a dam closing and some of the buildings are kind of off it, to the The dam's what that. powers it, I would assume, then. So when, yeah, once they yeah. turn it off. Yes. Um, but, like, there, you can see all the levels in the air and they, like, sign to each other to communicate between the levels. But it's a very much, like, you drop in and you're getting put to work immediately and if you don't work, you'll be killed. Or, like, disposed of or something. So... The- <laughs> I, I don't. I don't, I don't this, know. I mean, um, there's just like a floor. <laughs> the floor is. It's so weird. They, uh, everyone in this is barefoot except for the guards. Mm. They have a floor that they can switch on, and it essentially like shocks people very aggressively. 
They use it as a punishment. Some of the prisoners use it to kill themselves. Uh, they use it to kill people later on as well. It's it's kind of crazy. That's like a terrible place to be. Also, I just wouldn't want to never wear shoes. My feet are too messed up for that. Yeah, my feet get cold. Um, <laughs> they but, wouldn't on this floor. True. <laughs> uh, but they, they all like have a counter in their prison cell for like how many shifts they have less, left before they get out. Before they find more information about that later on, but they're they're building something. I don't know what they're building. Some kind of like it looked like engines. So or something. it's not it's not engines. Did you watch the post credit scene? In the in the final episode. Was yeah. That one? No. Yes. I didn't know there was one. So what they're making is essentially like the final components of the, the Death Star. These are what makes up the dish. That oh, is the laser. So it's, yeah, it, it it is like the final um, the final piece. So they're making those. That's why they are so important, and they want Sorry. them done so quick. My Siri popped up, but I heard most of that. I don't know why my Siri yeah. popped up. Um, but they're building these things, and they, it's based on like efficiency and how many you guys can produce and like you're competing with the other levels there's four or five levels of of workshops and like four different ones on each floor or something so they're they're competing it's kind of a competition whoever does the most i don't know what the reward is they get flavor better food food. yeah they get better food food it's the same tube it's the same food but they get flavor in it so it's like spices right now the food is flavorless but yeah if you win if you make if you produce the most on your floor during your shift you get flavor in your food if you produce the least you get shocked yeah. by the floor and uh they, they have a system where they can just like cycle people in and out if people die if they quote unquote get to leave they finish their their shifts um yeah but andor like resist that immediately it takes mm-hmm. him forever to even start building, and then like he has to get yelled at by like the people at his own table to get to work and like start helping. And they lose the first day. They get it doesn't show it, but they get like fried, or yep. they call it getting fried. Mm-hmm. So they lose the first day because of Andor, and then he's like, "Well, I guess I have to be here." But he, he's yeah. he's doing the thing that all all people that would be on the run like they're they're sneaky they're. I don't know if I would... Is he a spy right now? I don't know. He, he is... No. No, not good, yet. Good at what he does. He is paying attention to like all of the details, looking at guards. There's like a 30-day time jump where he starts... You see he's working with a couple people to formulate an escape plan. They're trying to like undo this water thing in the bathroom so that they can use it to turn the floor off. Yep. Um, and... Yeah, that so that they're working with um they're working together to try to formulate a plan. And it's been moving forward in thirty days. They're also getting better at the um building. At the building. But they do have one guy who is uh pretty close to death it seems, but he's also close to release, they say. Mm-hmm. I forget his name. I don't remember. And I can't tell which which one he is on this cast list. I don't even know if he's here, to be honest. 
Either that or they added a bunch of makeup to him. But either way, he's um he he's 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 getting pretty close to the end, but he's also having like health issues, so mm. uh Kino who is uh who um Andy Circus plays is just trying to keep him going, but he also only has like two hundred and fifty days left till he gets out. Um, so th- that's kind of what we that see. Big of another time jump in between. Like, was there two time jumps? No. So he has like forty-seven days left at the by the who, end who of does? the, the storyline. So, uh, oh, okay. The, okay, then there is a big time jump because he starts off with two hundred and something. So if he yeah. only has forty-seven days left, then then yeah, there is another significant jump. Yeah, so it's somewhere around there. I'm still trying to find the guy that played the old guy. <laughs> But uh, while the yeah while this is happening in the prison, while you're looking for that, I'll I'll talk about something else. We see um, uh, Cyril. He is continuing to look up. He eventually gets called into questioning by uh, Dedra and the Imperials, and they uh, ask him to go through the report. That we find out that he wasn't allowed to read and see what's true and what's not. We find out that he's been putting in like requests to find out where Andor is because he's been like essentially lying at his job. Yeah. Um and she's like stop doing that. Thanks for helping us, you know, we'll put in a good word for you. He gets promoted at his job, but that's kind of not enough. He corners Dedra on her way into work and it seems very like seems very simpy. <laughs> yeah. <it laughs> this conversation. Is. He's this guy, like man. He's like, hey, simp. he's like, hey, I really want to help you fight Cassian and protect the Empire and blah, blah, blah. Also, I'm not going to say it, but I'm going to like say everything in a way that just means that I love you and I want to be with you forever. But we should really take out the Empire together. And she's like, please stop stalking me. <laughs> Get out <laughs> of my face. Uh, I got you your promotion. Whatever. Goodbye. Yeah. So he's kind of upset. And we'll get back to what happens with that in a bit. Um, also on, uh, Felix, I think is the name of the planet. Is that the name of it? I don't know. It's something similar to that. Something like that. Felix, maybe. Um, they, the Empire is also there. They're trying to, uh, Dedra has kind of gotten a little bit more. Uh, of the Imperials behind her in looking for who she names as Axis, which is Luthen, trying to um, to figure out who is behind all of this. So they're trying to get to Cassian to get to um, Luthen. They start interrogating people, and eventually that leads them to Bix. They bring her in for questioning to try to figure out more about Andor and more about Luthen, because they find out that they've had face-to-face meetings. They use this, like torture technique which is it looks awful like it doesn't yeah. sound like it would be that bad but you see how it affects people and it is terrible they essentially the imperials wiped out an entire planet mm-hmm. and they recorded the screams of these people which is like apparently they have a these these um this race of people had a very i i don't know how to say it maybe it was like a defense mechanism it was a particular whale that they do 
and they were like, we've messed around with it, we've changed it, we've got in the section that's just children, which that might not even be true. They just say it to like help with the torture so that when you're thinking about when you're listening to it, you're probably like, oh god, this is also children or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um but they put it on Bix and it's like you don't hear it, but you hear her reaction to it. It sounds rough. Mm. And we see what the effect that it has on her later on that it is not a good time. His name was Olaf, wasn't it? Maybe something like that. But um But yeah, no, it's it's rough and she ends up telling them, yeah, that's him. But they end up telling Bix ends up telling her some of the stuff that she wants to know, but I it doesn't really leave them out to Cassian because um, she hasn't seen him. She doesn't know that he's in prison. It's so funny that this entire time they're looking for him, he's just in an imperial prison and nobody realizes. <laughs> because, I mean, like, he's just a, an, like, an enigma. Yeah. So. But this leads back into back in the prison if you want to take back over. Oh. So once they're back into things, uh, after the time jump, obviously news or like a big thing happens and something happens to like level one so so andor's on like level four or something level one gets nuked like i'm pretty sure like they killed everybody they fried everybody on level one well um, we don't know that yet they, they at just first we just know happened. something big happened they don't know what it was yeah and, they, and, and like, actually they like cut contact and they're making everybody freak out yeah and Olaf is the reason they find out because he has a stroke, and um, yep, that's right. They that's bring right. a medic in, and Kino and Cassian are trying to save Olaf, and Ulof, and uh, the medic is like, "Hey, you don't want him to be saved. Like this will be better for him. In a few days, you'll be wishing that this happened." And he eventually reveals to him that they made a mistake. They sent someone from like level five down to level two to work mm-hmm. at the Instead end of, of his sentence, him to, like a different prison. So yeah, so what? So they find out that what they've been doing is that nobody gets out of the prison. What they do is they take them, they transfer them to a different prison and keep using them for labor. Mm-hmm. Um, so your sentences, they don't matter. They're just um, made up. So nobody ever gets out. So then they fry the night and day shift. So essentially they just turned the floor on and killed them all mm-hmm. um, to cover that up. Yeah, and now that Ke- because the thing that's been keeping Kino going, we've seen Andor ask him a couple times about the guards and stuff, trying to help them escape. But Kino doesn't want to do it. He's he's focused on getting out. But this kind of kills his morale. Yeah, like you see him, like visibly shaky. He's losing like yeah. belief, and he's just trying to hold everybody together and keep them from freaking out. Yeah, and then he's like. Doesn't water hit him or something? Because I just remember him being super wet. Or like, like cause that, he's pushing his hair out of his face. Freaking out. Or was it just sweat? I think it's just sweat. Well, he, he was sweating like really bad. And like, he's freaking out. He, he's trying to calm everybody down. He's like, we're going to act like we don't know anything. Understood. <laughs> yeah. And they, everybody agreed. So they just... And Cassian's already told him about the escape plan that they're planning to do the next day. Because they think that they're about to increase the security here. That they are about to bring more guards in and everything. And they know that they're getting a new worker tomorrow to replace Olaf. 
So they they know that that's their chance because their plan involves taking over whenever um whenever somebody comes down. in. Yeah, because <clears throat> the, the, there's only one entrance through a lift in the the workshop. Yeah. <clears throat> so the next day comes, or I guess I don't know if it was that night when Kino like told him he'd go with them or and he'd help them. And then, like, yeah. they rallied the troops, and they all went to bed. And then they woke up, and it's like, today's the day. So they just sat there, and they waited. They were working until they got the, I don't know if it's a noise or just, like, an alarm that goes off. And there they said, get into positions. New person on the floor, but Andor went to the bathroom, popped open the, the hole, and then, like, started bashing a pipe. <laughs> yeah, he finally got it. Yeah. So the water is spraying... They're trying to get water on the floor so that when the floor gets turned on, it fries the system. Mm-hmm. Um, so they finally get that. Then he goes outside and they, the plan goes off. Compared to the first plan, this one goes very smoothly. Oh, and yeah, it once sure. again kind of shows the inability of the Empire to think that anyone could make a move against them. They think that they're so in control. They just can't fathom someone moving against them and everything goes right here like five guards because that's all they had like stationed on that floor at most you know yeah and then the three and then like they then they went to like the control room yeah and then the the rest of them essentially we see them hiding later because everyone is busted out yep so um eventually there is a really they go to the control room they shut down the power they're like this is why I knew it was a dam, because they said, if we shut down the power, it'll take months to get back up. And you see them closing off the dam and everything, so it was like, oh, okay, that's cool. Um, so they've shut this place down. The floors are off, everyone is free, like, all the other prisoners are getting out. And over the mic, um, Kino is... He is nervous at first, but he ends up giving a really good speech. He essentially repeats a lot of the stuff Andor told him to calm him down. Yep. But um, that was really emotional. And it makes what happens next even sadder. Because it's left kind of ambiguous, but the way that I read it, (laughs) it makes me sad. Before we get to kind of the end of this prison break stuff, is there anything else that you had? I I just wanted to add that, like... When we're just talking about it like this, we're not saying anything about how the scenes were, but like yeah. the, the the tension and the relief in all of the prison scenes, I thought all of them, they all had something to them, where you there's just tension there. I agree. Like it'd be the arguing, it'd be the just the the constant working. Something was always going on, and it, I, that's why I loved it so much. It, there was just so much going on with it, but it all worked. So I, I, I agree to that for sure. That is um the tension building in this was very good. It was better in the prison than it was during the heist, but the heist did it very well too. Um but yeah, no, I agree that the way that this story is told, it's presented very well. It episodically it they're structured very well and it really leaves you wanting more at the end of every episode, unlike some of these shows where they just feel like long movie structures. Yeah. This felt very episodic and um it 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 there there was a lot of tension even between episodes. I did binge it so I didn't get it like week to week that tension but I did the same um, episode. But I binged like, it, just the last 6 episodes. 
Yeah. But it was it's still done very well. Yeah, for sure. I gosh. <laughs> yeah. So if there's not anything else, if you want to take us through the end and then we can get to the the final episode here. From best like the best memory I can do. Um so <clears throat> after they break out, they jump in the water or something to get to land, to swim to land. Which um, <laughs> This is the sad bit though, where like Cassian's trying to get Kino to go with him, and he's like, I can't swim. Does he just not jump? Like, there's no way, like... No, I think he jumped. I thought, didn't we see him at, like, the at, on ground later? No. Well, I don't think he died. After everybody gonna... jumps, the only two people you see are Cassian and one other person from his table. Well, maybe that guy's going to get help. You know? I don't know. Well, no, because he says that he's just going to go tell people. He says, do you think that we're the only ones that survived? Like, what do you think happened? Or he's like, he says, how many of us do you think survived? And Cassian goes, not enough. So, like, I feel like Kino might not have jumped. Or even if he I mean, did, he probably He could died. be referencing that because there, there were a lot of people that did die in the prison just from the shots whenever, like, the people with the guns... No, 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 the, no, the, the way, the way that they, the yeah. way that they phrased it was like, how many of us do you think like made it out of the water essentially? Like it was okay. like, because they all got split up. So it was how many of us do you think made it? Because at the end of the conversation, they're like, we could be the last two left and I we mean, need they, to go tell people about what's happening in these prisons. So the that's why they did swam a different direction. Who knows? You know, like maybe they made, like, well, that, maybe they didn't. well, that's I, the thing is know. like. Is that Cassian and this other guy just don't know? I want like, to even the, come back. Well, even the two of them don't know. So, like, potentially, like I said, they say everyone else could be dead. We need to split up to double our chances of letting people know what happened. Yeah. And that was crazy to me because you see a lot of people get out. But it sounds like the two of them have really struggled to stay alive and to get where they got. They struggled to get out of the water, and then that was just the start. So it's like everyone else could be dead. You know who knows? Mm. I don't know. I hope not. <laughs> I'd love but to at this see point, Kino back next season. But if he's not, I mean, that makes sense. I guess a lot of people die and things like this. I feel like he's not going to come back. I think yeah. that. Andy's I think that even if busy doing everything. <laughs> well, I think that even if he jumped, like realistically, nobody's going to be able to help Kino unless he just learns to swim. Well, she might. Nobody's going to be able to help him all the way to land because they were so far away. Like, Mm. and with them thinking that everyone else could potentially be dead, they obviously just got split up and scattered. So, like, I don't know. Or maybe a lot of them died in the water that they saw. I, I don't know. They didn't show it, but it made me feel like he's probably not around anymore. Maybe he's just um, down on the base. No, they they would have come and taken that base back over. There's no way he could keep control months, of it. Right? It's months it before just... they get the pa- it's months before they get the power back up. It's probably like a day before they send people back in to take it over. Like yeah, maybe they don't just leave it there for months. There's no way. I don't know. Maybe they could escape if like they maybe there was like a prison, like they were delivering a new prisoner, and they just took the new ship over. I don't know. Maybe he I doubt jump. it. Maybe I think dead. he's dead. 
Either way, I think he's probably dead. Yeah, I'm probably. Which is sad because it's sad because this whole time he was like, "I'm waiting for my way out." He finds out that that way out's not there. He helps everyone else escape. He had to have known when he was doing all this that there was no escape for him because he couldn't swim. Like, if they couldn't find a ship, and there are no ships on there, so it's it was sad once I realized that, but. Uh, this scene with Cassian and the other guy, where they talk about splitting up, it's also where Cassian calls home and finds out that his mother has died, yep. and that really messes him up because he they got into an argument the last time they talked, and he said he would be back, but he didn't make it back in time. Yeah, he's been gone for and, over eight months, <laughs> and he makes the boneheaded decision to um, go to the funeral, which is exactly what people are expecting him to do. People, he so we didn't really talk Cyril, about it, but that little rat. <laughs> yeah, but Luthen and his guys, um, they want Cassian dead, and they're going to the funeral. The Empire wants uh, Cassian taken in for questioning, so they are all over the funeral looking for him. Cyril finds out from his old lieutenant pal that um, that Marva is dead, so Cyril goes with the lieutenant. And they go to try to find Cassian. So it's like everyone is at this one spot where they think Cassian is going to be. And he like walks right into all of their traps. He's shifty enough to get out of it. But but he walks right into it. I think that was a terrible decision on his part. Yeah. Um, This final episode was spectacular though. It kind of centers around the funeral and all that goes on here. Um. We see the the son of one of the people that the Empire has interrogated, and then, and then they hung. Um, he is making a pipe bomb at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> so we know that shit's going to hit the fan at some point. Um, yep. We see the people gathering for this funeral. The Empire is ready. They want everyone out there as a show of force. Um, Cassian is kind of going around. He's talked to some people. He's looking for... He's essentially going to go and attend the funeral, kind He's of. For Bix, isn't he? No, not yet. Well, he goes to look for her, but then he finds out that she's been captured. Yeah. Um. But he he goes to like attend the funeral from a hidden spot. One of the people that he owes money realizes that he's there and kind of turns him in. <laughs> so we see people. Uh, Going and start to find him. He barely gets away. And then this point is where things really kick off. So the funeral, the droid that we've been talking about, I forget his name. Um, is it? It's not. Um, is it K2SO? No. K2 is uh, the one that has like its own thought, like its own thoughts. It's from Rogue One. That's K2. Apparently he was in this, which I don't. He's in the sec- he's in the next season. He's getting credit for the next season. Oh, because okay. they, they confirmed that when they like when they announced the show or something that he like K two was the, coming back. So that there was one of those Imperial robots, but it wasn't him. Yeah, it was. That was pretty early on, though, wasn't it? That was whenever he got captured and sent to prison. Yeah. I remember seeing that. I was like, "There's no way he's just gonna like get introduced to K two right now, right?" That'd be too yeah. like convenient. So, I'm glad mm-hmm. it wasn't him. Yeah, me too. Um, but the robot plays a projection of Marva. She recorded the message where she's essentially like, "Hey, 
the Empire sucks, we should all rise up against them and rebel, like... Did you see the news that came out about this scene in particular? Where, and, and I saw it before I watched the scene. I didn't know where it was going to happen, but there's a part where she says, fight the Empire. Yep. When she says fight, it feels very spliced. So yep. originally, her final words during her message were supposed to be, fuck the Empire. I, which, I wish that made the cut, bro. Me too. Come but either on, way, that sets, every, that sets everything off. Um, they come up there in riot gear, and uh, the Imperials doing riot gear and everything. Uh, the bomb gets thrown, and then it's just a riot in the streets. It is crazy. Um, at one point, uh, Derva, that's your name, right? I think so. De- Dedra. Dedra. Um, she's out there. She's about to get torn apart, and Cyril saves her. Oh my gosh. So it looks like they're gonna. It looks like they're gonna be working together in the next season. There was a brief moment where I, I thought, thought that they were Cyril kiss for a second. I was like, please don't. Well, <laughs> it, that that too. But before that, there was a brief moment where I thought Cyril was gonna flip after watching that message. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> just like I don't know that quickly. That would have been hilarious. Well, just just like just the way that he was like looking while it was being done. It. Kind of made me think he was going to do it, but they didn't. Um, but we'll see. Also, before the funeral, Cassian reads Karis's uh, manifesto. Mm-hmm. So he's slowly but surely getting more into the cause. I think. I think him reading that manifesto combined with him watching his mother's speech kind of changed his mentality. Mm-hmm. I really liked the riot. I really liked how like. The Empire shockingly showed restraint for a while. Mm. I thought they were just going to open fire and kill everybody, but they didn't. They waited until, like, the bomb had been thrown. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But then, yeah, after that, all chaos ensues. Uh, And Cassian uses this opportunity to go and rescue Bix. Yep. He sweeps through there and... um, Gets her out. They find out that the guy that ratted him out is dead. And, um... They go and escape. He he drops her off on a ship with his droid and a, and a couple other people. Um, it's like... Is that, was it his adopted brother or something? Somebody that was related in, in some fashion. Not, like, genetically, like, family-wise, but related to Marva. It's the guy who's... I forget his name. It's the guy who's been going in and checking on her. And then it's also, like... The current president of the sisters of whatever, which is the thing that Marvel was president of at one point. Yeah. Um, is it? Oh God, I don't. I don't know. I no longer have like my my list pulled up. So. Oh, it's 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 no. I, oh, I don't. He might not be on the. This list doesn't have everybody on it, so I don't know. If you you can um, do it episode by episode, <clears throat> I'm pretty sure that's how I had to look at it. No. Well, either way. The guy who's been checking in on his mom is there. They take Bix, the robot, and the um, the it was the daughters of Ferrix. That's the, the yeah. daughters of Ferrix, president, and they go and he's like, "Look, go to this planet. I'll meet you there." And after everything hits the fan, Luthen goes back to his ship, and Brasso. Cassian's already there. <clears throat> yeah, Brasso and this is kind of the, the guy checking on his mom, but back to the <clears throat> Luthen. Okay. Thing. So this is kind of after we see all of the 
the carnage and essentially um Ferrix is kind of doomed i think i i don't think anyone other than the people we see like make it out alive and those or at least the ones that were involved in the riot and Ferrix is about to get like even more under the thumb of the imperials we might see that some more soon mm-hmm. but um this is kind of what luthan wants he wants more imperial overreach more oppression so that more people decide to rebel um we but yeah so essentially luthan comes back to the ship he sees cassian there and he's like cassian's like you wanted to kill me right luthan's like yes cassian's like (laughs) okay well either kill me or take me into the rebellion and luthan gives a little smirk and uh cassian's a rebel now so they're gonna meet up with the other people that left like bigs and every bix and everybody and i guess the next season they're gonna be rebels but that's where the show ends we already talked about the post credit scene the things they were building at the prison making up the laser dish of the death star so uh yeah no it's 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 great we didn't even talk about saw Gerrera and luthan their interaction they luthan wanted saw Gerrera to help with an attack but uh, Luthan has an ISB agent in his circle that told him that the Imperials knew. So he's like, Saw, don't go help, but um, we're going to let the other guy go do it and sacrifice himself so that they don't know that we have an inside man. And um, Saul is appreh- apprehensive at first, but um, agrees to it for the greater good. So I think we're going to see Luthan and Saw Guerrero working together more so I in the future. So. I like that. Um, I like I like, I like him as a character a lot, but yeah, we we see him a little bit in this. We, we'll probably see more of him later in season two. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, that's it was a really great show. It, it, like I said, it's the thing I've enjoyed the most to come out of Star Wars since the Last Jedi. Probably the thing I've enjoyed the most, um, other than the Last Jedi, in like the Disney era. So it's it's spectacular. I am excited for season two. Me too. Um, do you have any final thoughts about season one? I mean, I think I've said it all at this point. I think we've I covered had. a lot. Still, just it looks amazing. It, it's um, I know I harp on that a lot, the visuals, but they put a lot of care into this, and it 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 pays off, and it looks great. It makes the visuals in the show make such a huge difference, and it, and it, it, and it makes a world of difference when you see them executed very well. Mm-hmm. It makes it elevates the show to a whole other other level. So, I hope they keep that up in season two. And I really hope that Lucasfilm just keeps it up because they do a really consistently good job of that. And I, I I'm really happy with the way they've been handling their visual effects department. Oh, I mean, that I mean we could. There's a little bit of news. They said that like literally it was either today or yesterday that Marvel announced there's going to be a series of like delays with phases five and six because they're going to focus more on quality now uh, good i would so, much rather see like news. see less stuff or things less frequently than have them coming out all the time but looking like dog water yeah me um too. but that's great news i hope that they actually follow through with that i think if they did their visual effects in-house like i believe that's how lucasfilm does it that might help um because then you have people on staff that are doing it it doesn't you're not having to put out contracts for people to bid on you know who you have you know they're gonna do the do the job well and they're not gonna have to work around the low bid they put in yep 
but that's um, off topic. But still. Yeah. <laughs> Briefly before we wrap it up, I think we've said almost everything that we need to say. What do you want out of a season two for this? I mean, I didn't ask for anything for season one, and I was, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like I, I was. I wasn't I think really we both, surprised we, that I enjoyed it. We both it. had pretty low expectations for this, if I remember correctly. I, I think I know my main I, thing I, was like, I don't care about Andor. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't. He's fine, you know. He was a good character in Rogue One. I really yeah. liked that movie. But uh, I didn't really have any expectations. I did not care about this show. It was not on my radar. If you told me that this year it'd be the thing that came out of Star Wars that I enjoyed the most, I would have called you insane i thought that would be far and away kenobi but this is um a lot better than kenobi in my opinion um oh for sure so it it's uh i mean just from like a storytelling standpoint i don't really think we just didn't get any huge flashy visuals from kenobi which we didn't need to you know we didn't really get like we didn't get any just for the sake of a huge flashy visual in this but um, there was some there good things. One big scene, like at the end of the heist, that looked awesome, though. That, that was with them flying out. Oh, it looked amazing. I but... remember seeing that, and I was like, "This is so crazy." <laughs> yeah, but it, in Kenobi, like there was some flashes of great stuff. I just really didn't like the the last half of it and um, the way it ended. But but this was was great all the way through. Yeah. I hope they continue. I hope they continue to focus on like the small. I know that the rebellion is going to widen. We're going to see more people coming in at the fold. We're going to see more people. Um, is there going to be like a time jump in between these seasons, or something? Probably. But at I'm the end of the day, for K two, so he's my favorite droid. Yeah. At the end of the day, I hope that we just continue to see like the nitty-gritty of this stuff like not necessarily seeing how things happen on the large scale of these heroes and villains but like i i think that that's what we're gonna see with andor because that's what he's doing in rogue one um leading up into rogue one but like these smaller missions that have a great impact in the grand scheme of things but they're not like galaxy hanging in the balance things i really think that that's what this has done well um, and the character work between people has been great. Uh, just seeing Luthen back. Was he in Rogue One? I can I don't remember. I don't remember either. But I, I think it's important to know, like, we're seeing, we're going to be seeing even more of it. That, like, Andor, obviously, he started off not wanting to risk his life at all. And everybody, yeah. knows, I mean, you know how Rogue One ends. If you, if you yeah. know anything about Star Wars, you know how Rogue One ends. Yeah, he um, is very willing to give his life up for the cause. I think that kind of happens at the end here. He is willing to go take the chance that he's going to get killed by Luthen to join the rebellion. I think that after reading the manifesto and seeing that speech from his mother, his perspective changed, and we're going to see that in the next season. And I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, do we know when it's coming out? Like, man, I have no clue. Truth be told, it might yeah, be a I would, year. Or I would assume early 2024 ish is what I would guess. Yeah, but I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, is there anything else you got to say about Andor? Uh, I don't think so. All right, well, that's all we've got for you today. We'll be back next week to talk about something. We haven't talked about it yet, but we'll figure it out. Um, 
As always, you can leave a like, rating, or review on whatever podcast app you're listening to. If you enjoyed this and you have a friend that you think will enjoy it too, please share the show with them. That'd be uh, great to get more listeners and grow the community that we have here. And um, yeah, that's all I've got. So we'll see you next week. This podcast is presented by Miscreant Records. You can find us on Twitter at Miscreant Pods, and you can also email us at miscreantrecordspod at gmail.com.